welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Hello, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Rhonda Arles, and I'm here with Laura, and we are super excited to start season four. I know a lot of people are anxious for this podcast to come out, and we are excited to give it to you. Hi, Laura, how are you doing? I'm good, Rhonda. I'm so glad that we're back. Season four is going to be, I feel, the best season ever, and we have no one better to start this season four than Coach B himself. Coach B is here joining us in studio today in the podcast. It's been a while since um, we've had Coach on our podcast, um, but Coach, you are always such a popular person, and we could not think of anyone with more wisdom, um, more excitement to bring us into year four of this podcast. And so today our plan is to talk to you about the whole ultimate whole brain teaching classroom and the new book that you had come out um, just a few months ago. And and we're just, we're ready to go. We're ready to get started. So welcome so much. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, coach. Um, We're very happy to have you here today. Here we go, my friends. If you're listening, listen to this a couple of times, take notes the second or third time. I'm going to start off right from the top, Laura, with a brand new idea. It's only one minute old. And I'm glad to see both of you ladies are sitting down because I would hate for you to faint from a standing position. In the ultimate whole brain teaching classroom, Laura, you need a collection of student pictures, little small student pictures, five pictures of each kid. Now, here's the deal. You see Jack improving slightly in rule one. Stick his picture on rule one. Mm. Rhonda, you see sweet Marie actually raise her hand for permission to speak. Stick her picture on rule two. You see Harry giving a beautiful improved. Thank you. You're welcome. Stick his picture on the magic circle. We're going to show you all the stuff in the whole brain teaching classroom. So what you do when you see micro improvements, Laura, this is crucial. When you see micro improvements, you recognize the kid as star of the week. Keep up all of the stars until Friday, and then you start a new week. Wow, that will be exciting. Laura, explain Uh, You're going to be out there somehow with your iPhone making lots of kid pictures. Go, girl. Yeah, I'm already like 
feverishly jotting notes down because I'm really loving this idea. So we're going to take a collection of pictures of our students, just just small pictures. And when we see those students improving, just a micro improvement on rule one, rule two, the, the magic circle, whatever we see that improvement on in our whole brain teaching classroom, we are going to make that student the star student of the week by putting their picture on rule one or the the magic circle, whatever it may be in our whole brain teaching classroom. Love that idea. Beautiful. Keep them up until Friday. Start them over on Monday. And the point, the first point I want to emphasize, which is not in the new book, is at least half of your recognitions. That means good job or a story or a super improver point or a pat on the back or a side hug or whatever. Half of your recognitions need to go to beloved rascals for micro improvements. If a kid is capable of more than a micro improvement, she is not a beloved rascal. We need to give half of our support to the kids who need the most support. Rhonda, explain to your brothers and sisters out there in podcast land how important it is to support kids who need a lot of support for Pete's sakes. Go ahead. Right. Those are those kids that need that help the most. So it's very important that we spend half of that recognition um, that goes to those beloved rascals because they need the support the most. So focus in on them. And coach, can I jump in for just a second? Because I love how you're saying micro improvements. I think as teachers, sometimes we look, we want this grandiose improvement and we have to recognize those small microscopic sometimes moments in our students if we want to get whole brain teaching buy-in or we want to see those behaviors change. So I love the fact that you're talking little micro improvements, not these gigantic, they've got to have it perfect. Can I explain something to you ladies? Please. Please think about how you learned to type. Knowing where the E was on the keyboard is very useful, but it takes a lot of E reps Mm. before you can type the E with your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. How does the brain learn? The brain does not in general learn in leaps and bounds. It learns in micro baby steps. That's why we say go slow to go fast, go slow to go far. While Jack, every morning during math, cries, rolls on the floor, and can't be gotten back into his desk without a trip to the office. Well, you know what, Jack, I'm glad to see that you are making progress and getting back into your desk. And if you could continue to make that progress, I'm glad you don't have to visit the principal. If you could continue to make that progress, then you might get a story for the whole class. That is the pattern of rewarding for micro-improvements. Look at the behavior, identify the small growth, and then use the word might or maybe, otherwise, Jack controls you, not vice versa. Laura, explain that 30-second pattern of micro-improvement recognition. Let's change the world. 
Yeah. Well, let's, let's change the way we're looking at our kiddos. So when we see, and I, I'm, I'm already picturing some of the students in my class that I'm doing that exact thing with. It's just those little bitty improvements that I see today. They didn't crawl under their desk. They may have still had a meltdown, but they didn't crawl under their desk. That's an improvement. Um, and, and recognizing them for that. And I, I love that you really stress that we say, we might, or maybe that might earn us, you know, a, a starry or a super improver star. We never make that promise um, because, like you said, then the students in control and we're not in control. Rhonda, as yes. you know from your vast experience in the classroom, kids are doing all different kinds of things, and it may be difficult for you to know. Well, what kind of micro improvement is this? If we're using the star student photo to recognize it an all-purpose way to recognize micro improvements is rule five jack you are making your dear team stronger by not being sent to the office you're here mm -hmm. so whenever you're in doubt rhonda rule five you made your dear team stronger rule four that was a smart choice rhonda explain the catch-all micro improvement categories here girl go ahead okay so with that beloved rascal we can always make sure that we have that might and maybe in place but rule five and rule four can always fit in for that beloved rascal's small micro improvements yes. and we have several ways now of recognizing improvement one you just praise them two you praise them and say maybe you'll get a starry Three, you praise them and say, maybe you'll get a super improver for the whole class. Or four, maybe you will be star student of the week on rule five with Marie and Harry. Put the photo up there. All right, here we go. Now, what does every whole brain teaching classroom look like in teaching heaven? That's what we're talking about. Number one, you need a set of three dice. They're about four inches square. You need a green one, a blue one, and a red one. The green one in the morning is worth one point. The blue one in the after lunch is worth two points, and the red one at the end of the day is worth three points. You've got to have those dice, and if you're uncertain about how to use the dice, Look at the Super Improver and the Starry's chapter uh, in the new book. Number two, you need a big visible digital timer that sticks on the board so that you can time how long does it take us to get out our materials or how quickly can we review the classroom rules. Or can we beat our record of 55 seconds before someone blurts? Or how many Wonder Words questions can we ask in a minute? The timer is crucial. Why? It gamifies instruction. All right. You need these posters. At minimum, the magic circle, that's in chapter six. 
Now, I'm going to describe each of these things in terms of the massive problems they solve. You're not just having these displays to have the displays. They're solving huge problems. Laura, the magic circle solves huge problems. How do you get kids' attention? How do you spread good manners? How do you link their brains to yours? How do you initiate collaborative learning? How do you assess collaborative learning? Look at chapter six, huge problems a magic circle solves. Laura, give me one of the huge problems a magic circle solves before I race on to something else. For me, coach, um, the biggest thing is getting their attention. It absolutely solves that. I don't have to clap my hands, flick the lights off and on, raise my voice, nothing. I just call class. They say yes. And they know what the expectations are because we review those. And and I think that could be a micro improvement in my class too, is that stopping what you're doing. Yeah. Yep. Stop what you're doing. Look at the teacher and super glue your hands. You're still not playing in your desk or whatever. So yeah, attention sure. getter. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we need in every classroom, and these are bare minimum. I'll get to the wondrous, but bare minimum, we need a classroom rule and the classroom rules solve massive problems. One massive problem, slow transitions produce chaos. Mm -hmm. Another massive problem, blurting stops instruction. Another massive problem, wandering around the classroom is a big distraction. Another massive problem, kids like adults are making foolish choices. They're doing things that they don't recognize as affecting everyone. That's rule five. And you got to be looking in the right direction. Rhonda, of those classroom rules, which one solves for you a crucial problem that would be tough to solve otherwise, kiddo? Oh, gosh, it's hard just to pick one. I mean, I loved my classroom rules. And I would say probably like raising your hand for permission to speak was a biggie because of all the talking and things that were going on. So I'd probably focus in on that one the most. Very good. We also need a starries display. Now, ladies, please listen to me. The bigger and more colorful and carefully constructed display, the more visual impact. Kids would rather play on a large tablet than on a cell phone and would rather play on a computer screen than a tablet and would rather play in a classroom that is a living video game than anything else. Bigger, more colorful, more powerful visual and game impact. What do kids say about games? Oh, the graphics are great. That's the first thing that hits them. Laura, explain how thrilled you're going to be at the end of this webcast, podcast, Want to describe how to change all of the signs into a stinking living video game. How exciting is that going to be, girl? It's going to be really exciting. I, I it, Every time you talk about video games, Coach, I think back to when my son was little and he absolutely loved video games. And it didn't matter if, you know, it, it took him two days to get to the next level. Um, kids love video games. So the bigger we can make those displays, the more colorful we can make them, the more we're going to draw those kids in to want to be part of our living video game classroom. We'll talk more in another 
podcast about why video games are so addictive and how to transfer that addiction to the mm-hmm. classroom. But you also need, at minimum, a big super improver display. Don't go cheesy on this. There are teachers that are putting sparkly lights around their super improver display and turning on the lights when it's time to play. Now, the magic circle is in, is in chapter six. The rules are in chapter seven. The stories uh, are in uh, chapter nine. Super Improver is in chapter 10. And the scoreboard is in chapter 11. Now, people wonder, how can you play all these games at the same time? Well, you don't. You start off, I suggest, with stories. But you can start off with any of these. And then you introduce, for example, Super Improver. Laura, the key to classroom organization is an agenda on the board every day. Mm -hmm. You write in when we're playing stories. You write in when we're doing math. You write in, you know what? (coughs) In the afternoon, we're starting a new game. Look, there's a star by it. It's called Super Improver. Put the agenda on the board. Explain that, my dear Laura. Yeah. Um, put, like you said, put that agenda on the board so that the kids know what what's coming and are anticipating playing those games that you have. I know when I was first starting out with whole brain teaching, you know, I struggled with like even a rule review, getting those in. And Rhonda was the one who suggested, you know, putting that on your display. And yeah, I, I, it keeps me as an educator um, focused on what's coming up next, but it also gets my kids excited about those different games that we're going to play throughout the day. Yeah. And all these games are the same game. Mm-hmm. They reward for improvement. Right. Also on the wall, because you're going to need it, but not too soon is Bullseye. This is our one-on-one game with Extremely Beloved Rascals. That's in chapter 12. You need an alpha hawk wall, Rhonda. You need a wall where you display pictures of people who live for others. And this, Rhonda, is where you're going to put your own alpha hawks. And you're going to say, I'm going to teach in a way today that will make Mr. Humphrey, my eighth grade teacher, very proud. Alpha hawk wall for the teachers and kids. Give kids a moral compass, chapter 13. Rhonda, tell us about Alpha Hawk Wall. Go, girl. Well, Alpha Hawk Wall, um, I even remember seeing a post on this on Facebook. They didn't know how to introduce it. Well, the best way to introduce it is to share with the class your Alpha Hawk and get them up there so that you can show them how they live for others and that you want to make that person happy. Yes. Also on your wall, the daily virtues. Now you might say, coach, this is an awful lot on the wall. Every single thing on the wall addresses a major instructional problem. Let's just take the daily virtues. How important is it for your kids to think about glorious kindness once a week? Positive leadership, selfless courage, invincible grit, brainy creativity. So the vision here, Laura, is not 
that over here we have the social emotional lesson and over here we have academics. It's all one big lesson in how to improve mm -hmm. in a way that makes your dear team stronger. The big lesson, lots of parts. Laura, talk about how overwhelming it might feel at the beginning when you think about the Elvin Homemade teaching classroom and then to realize you've got five or 10 years to build it for Pete's sakes. Go, Laura. Right. And, and when I was getting my classroom ready this summer, you know, I was putting up all the things, everything that you've mentioned so far I have on my walls. And at first, as I've been doing this for a little while, but as a new teacher, that might look overwhelming. But like you said, it's all interconnected. It really is. When when I have the students turn and teach each other, um, as one is listening and one is talking, they can show glorious kindness by being attentive listeners to their partner. They can be a leadership by helping their um, their classmates if they get stuck and don't know how to answer a question. I mean, all these these things that you're talking about are so interwoven with each other. It may seem overwhelming when you look at the big picture, but once you get in there and start doing all the aspects of whole brain teaching, well, even just talking about the rules or doing the magic circle, you're going to see all these different parts, how they interweave with each other. And it really does just go together beautifully. We're giving you a smorgasbord and you don't have to eat from every dish, mm -hmm. every single meal. All right. I'm going to say this one is almost it's up there with the rules and the magic circle and stars and super is way up there that is fiverr you need a poster on your classroom door where the kids tell you how they're feeling one to five every day putting their fingers on their chest so it's private Rhonda, you need to know where the kids are on the seesaw. They're up, they're down, they're in the middle, and they move all around all the time. Right before the math lesson, you need to say Fiverr and see how they're feeling. After the math lesson, if they're still feeling rotten, maybe you ought to reteach it. Rhonda, explain the power of Fiverr. I enjoyed Fiverr when you introduced it and had it on my classroom door. It was a quick check for me to see how they were coming into the day. But yet it's also something that you can say Fiverr and they can give you that discrete number. So you know how to either reteach or continue on with what you're doing. So it's just a real quick check of how they're feeling, what they're dealing with. And um, I think it's important for those teachers to remember to check in on those kids with those lower numbers. Mm -hmm. Laura, let me explain to you about the sea slug. A sea slug is an animal that has a very simple nervous system, so it makes it very easy to study stimulus and response. You poke a sea slug on the tummy and its gills close, and you keep poking it, and after a while, the gills don't even flutter. Repeated identical stimulation produces immunity to stimulation. Why do we have so many bits and parts of whole brain teaching? It's the sea slug principle. 
Nothing you do will last all year except rewarding for growth. Repeated identical stimulation will produce immunity to stimulation. There's a teacher on Facebook who in one week has given away 90 stories. That's too much, too soon. Baby, it's a long year. Too much of the same stimulation will make kids say, who cares? Mm-hmm. Laura, I want you to perform this experiment. I want you to say, you know what? This Friday, we're having a popcorn party. About the fifth Friday, they're going to say, who cares? Mm-hmm. Laura, talk about the importance. And what does a video game do? That's why it's got levels. Right. Simulation. Talk yeah. about it, Laura. Yeah, that's, you know, again, going back to, you know, looking at the big picture, it may look overwhelming, but those you have so many aspects of whole brain teaching because like you said, it's a long year. We're going to have to pull from different things because kids become used to what we're doing. I always think, you know, I can always tell when my kids are getting bored with class. Yes, because I'm always going class. Yes, I have to add variety. That's kind of my cue to go, okay, I need to pull out some of that variety that coach talks about um, with my teach okay and my class yes and my mirror words. Otherwise, it's it's kind of like that, you know, the, that cuckoo clock that goes off, but you, then it goes off at the same time every day, but you're so used to it, you don't even notice it anymore. Wow, great analogy. That, that analogy is so good, I'm going to steal it and claim I invented you it. may. So much. <laughs> All right, what else is on your wall? The brainies. Mm-hmm. Our kids need to know that sentences start with capital letters and they end with periods and that adjectives are a thing. And that, for example, is something that we'd like to hear. And that when we say more, we mean add another sentence. The brainies are our oral writing front door and they lead straight into color writing. There's about 13 brainies that can go up on the wall. College professor. Never happened in 40 years. Well, actually, it happened once or twice. It happened so infrequently in 40 years, I can remember it. I finish a lecture and a kid asks a question about what I said. Mm -hmm. I remember the question. The question was, could you go over monism again? And then they had to call the emergency because I had fainted dead away. We want kids to ask questions about our lessons when we're finished. That's wonder words, and there's eight of them. And golly, Jack is really doing good on wonder words, especially that question, what? Jack, keep it up, and you could be the wonder words, what star of the week? Laura, have you used wonder words? Talk about it. Yeah, we have used Wonder Words and I love it because it really um, helps. It lends itself to that those critical thinking skills that we really want our students to be using. Um, I love that they use the Wonder Words when they ask a question and then either they, you know, know the answer or one of their classmates do. And it's such a great moment of collaboration where they're asking each other questions, really good, deep questions. And then they're able to come up with the answers to those questions. 
One of the last is Power Picks. We have created over 100 anchor charts, but they're way better than anchor charts for 100 ELA core concepts, noun, verb, adjective, preposition, index, title page, and over 100 math power picks, addition, subtraction, lowest common denominator, fraction. And these go on the wall. A red bordered wall is your math power picks. Put them up in the order you teach them or unlock them in the order you teach them. And a blue bordered wall are your ELA power picks. Rhonda, did you ever dabble in power picks? Oh, I loved my power picks, not only for my class, but for me as a teacher too, because it has the question on there. It has the gesture that you need to do. I mean, it's all right there for you. So I love them. And I know um, a lot of people I saw on Facebook and I keep mentioning Facebook because I know there's teachers having problems. Don't display it until you teach it. Yep. You know, so their displays all up. No, it shouldn't be there until you teach it. Then you can display it. And I'm glad you mentioned that coach. Mm -hmm. All right. What I'm going to do as a favor to the world is I'm going to go back over what I said and tell you exactly the chapter it's in. Okay. Perfect. Magic circle chapter six rules chapter seven. Uh, Starry's chapter nine. Super Improver Chapter 10, Scoreboard Chapter 11, and Bullseye Chapter 12. Alpha Hawk Wall is 13. Daily Virtues are 15. Fiverr is part of 16. Brainies are in 21. Wonder Words are in 22, and Power Picks are 23. Go to Chapter 35. For the free downloads, there is a download called all the graphics in the second edition, over 100. So you can get a color version of all this stuff. And on pages 279 to 282, you can see some sample Alpha Hawk wall displays and some sample Super Improver displays. Now, here's the moment, ladies, you've waited for. I got all this stuff up. How do I make it a living video game? On page 277, there are links to locks. That is the image of a lock on a piece of paper, and you lock it all up. The kids come in the room, and they are confronted by the mystery of what be lies behind the locks. Mm -hmm. Unlocking our signs is not in the book. It will be in the next edition. But it changes the class into a living video game. And instead of seeing another subject, we get to unlock a lock and discover a new power. Listen to me, ladies. In video games, you have powers. Powers score you points. We just unlocked the who wonder word. That is the who power. If I could hear people using the who wonder word 
using that new power, you could score points. Stories, super improvers, scoreboard, whatever. Unlock, quote unquote, the powers, quote unquote, to win points in our games. Laura, Laura, is this the first year we've done the locks? I think it is. No. No. Talk about it, Laura. Help me out, girl. I feel like this is maybe like the third year we've done the locks. Um, I need to catch up. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's more than that, but I just remember like for the last couple of years, locking things up and just (laughs) watching your kids come in the room to all these colorful locks on your walls and their eyes get really big and they get so curious. And then when you start unlocking those things, you know, they're just, they're even more curious about, well, what's next? What's the next, you know, exciting thing we're going to unlock together as a class. Um, I also, I think it's a great, sorry, Rhonda. I think it's a great, um, you know, team builder too, because you're all working together to unlock that next lock. Go ahead, Rhonda. What were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking that curiosity is a a big tool. I mean, especially for the younger kids, but I think it applies to the older kids too. Everybody's always curious. It's a powerful tool. So Mm -hmm. definitely lock those things up. You're absolutely right, Rhonda. The curiosity, the question, what happens next, drives us through novels, Mm -hmm. drives us through movies. Sure. Yeah. Drives us even through relationships, ladies. What's coming next? What's the next thrill? Right. So, yeah, that's the key. And the thing is, my dear audience, you may not know what stuff is even going to be behind the locks. Just put up a bunch of locks and you can figure out later what goes behind them. Mm-hmm. And if a kid takes a peek and says, there's nothing back there, and you say, oh, just you wait, baby boy. It's a coming. All right, ladies, so much fun to do this podcast, the ultimate whole brain teaching classroom and a way to turn learning into a living video game. We are on the path to teaching heaven. Mm -hmm. I would agree. And coach, as always, it's been a pleasure having you on and giving this overview. I think it's going to help out a lot of teachers um, as I can't say enough. You probably need to get this book. I mean, Coach is giving you exact chapters to go to. You need this book. So make sure that you check that out on Amazon and get um, your order today. So, Coach, thank you. I can't imagine a better way to start off season four than having you on and giving this overview. We want to um, encourage you all to check out um, our Whole Brain Teaching um, website at www.wholebrainteaching.com for information about Whole Brain Teaching. And don't forget to check out the Whole Brain Teaching official store for free Whole Brain Teaching resources. Yes, what a great way to start season four. And as as always, it's been such a pleasure, Coach. And to our listeners, we are thrilled to be back for season four. We are looking forward to bringing you even more um, amazing content. We hope to have Coach back on throughout this season. Um, So absolutely um, stay tuned and and get the latest and the greatest on whole brain teaching. Um, Coach, it's been such an honor, such an honor to have you on today. Please continue listeners to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your teacher friends, as well as your administrators. Um, we want to make sure that your passion for whole brain teaching with others by sharing this podcast. So 
go out there and share it. And we are so grateful for you. So until next time, bye-bye.